Welcome to the Your Own Food Coach podcast. My name is Pamela Kelly. I'm a registered dietitian and nutritionist in practice for over 25 years. We have created this podcast to have a conversation to explore the world of food, nutrition, health, and body image together. You have come to the right place. This is episode eight, No Guts, No Glory, A Tale of Two Brains. In today's episode, we are going to discuss the hot topic of gut health. I find it interesting that the topics that we've discussed so far with intuitive eating, mindful eating, popular diets, what style of dieting might be best for you, and so on, are all connected to the fundamental necessity of our gastrointestinal tract. And for the connection to the resource that our body gives us each day to help guide our health. For my clients who struggle with dysfunctional eating, the impact on their health of the gut system is profound. And I'm going to talk more to you about that in later on in this, this podcast. Called by many names, when we talk about the function of our gut, we refer to it as the GI tract. But when we talk about the inside of the community inside the intestines and our gut health with gut flora and motility and function of our bacteria, we refer to it as the microbiome. Some call it the microbiota. That's considered just part of the bacteria, but we're going to call it the microbiome. Up to 90%, hear that, 90% percent of our cells in our body are not human cells. They are bacterial cells. The key to our best health is not in counting calories or fat grams and certainly not by eliminating entire food groups, but rather being concerned about how happy and how healthy our microbiome is. So we have an entire garden flourishing in our gut that protects us on so many levels. And today, many of us unfortunately do not have a flourishing bacterial garden. Let me explain more. How many times have you said, I feel it in my gut, or my gut told me better, or even I've got butterflies in my, in my stomach? These are valid expressions that link how we feel in our bodies and how we feel in our brain. There's much connected to stress and anxiety, and there's a real common syndrome called irritable bowel syndrome that is referred to now as a stress hormone. It's manifested in our stomach. Stress plays a major role in gut health for a lot of reasons, But first, digestion is altered when we're under stress. And secondly, and honestly, this is most important, if your digestion is off and your stress, your microbiome is off and your production of the neurotransmitter serotonin will be decreased. Now, this is really interesting because think about it. If you have dysfunctional eating or you don't eat enough or you're depressed or you're stressed and your mood is off, your gut is off. Serotonin is responsible for mood, energy, and mental functioning. So another fun fact to keep in mind here that there are more nerves in your gut than in the spinal column. That Your microbiome makes and produces serotonin, and it has lots of other things that it does. The entire microbiome 
cues many of the function in our body. For example, how many calories to harvest from the foods we consume, how fast to transport the foods into waste, and it definitely cues the immune system to be activated. Some consider the gut biome to be the major player for responsible for our entire immune system. So seriously, this is a big deal. Without going into too much detail, though, a small anatomy physiology lesson is important. So put your virtual goggles on and travel with me inside our bodies. The gastrointestinal tract starts to some in the mouth where digestion begins, and others suggest it starts in the stomach vessel itself where once the food is emulsified, it empties into the small intestine. The small intestine is where the nutrients are harvested from the food. So think of small doors that open on the interior tract that open to specific nutrients that are eventually released into the bloodstream and provide life-giving nourishment. Unfortunately, for some, that sensitive lining of the small intestine can become inflamed, and in some cases, undigested matter can actually pass through these small cells, causing inflammation, bloating, pain, and in some situations can lead to food sensitivities like we see so many today with gluten and dairy and other foods. This leads to the reasoning that many have concluded elimination diets are important. And you might have heard about FODMAPs and the elimination of nightshades and others. So hear me here. If you have questions specific related to issues with your stomach, you have intestinal pain or bloating, you've got to contact a physician or a clinician that specializes in this issue. Our discussion today couldn't possibly address these complicated and sometimes life-threatening issues, but I will tell you and encourage you to get help if you're having issues related just above. So let's continue our track and let's assume that the passage of the healthy, expected, undetectable matter makes its way to the large intestine. This is the interesting world where the microbiome lives. These organisms digest our food and produce crucial nutrients, even manufacture our own antibiotics. If your gut struggles, you struggle. And this is what I've seen with some of my clients that have come in after eliminating carbohydrates, for instance, or those who live limited their diet with no variety or balance. The garden of our microbiome just will not be effective without good, unprocessed, whole food. And unpleasant as it may sound, paying attention to the elimination of waste in your daily bowel habits is really important and you just can't ignore it. In order to have the best microbiome universe, you've got to consider how you feed your gut and how you feed your microbiome garden. How you go is important. Some people think it's normal to have a bowel movement every few days a week, which is not true. And this leads me to the subject of fiber. At one time, believe it or not, I was known as a fiber queen. I've written articles about this and I've shared my recommendations with just about anyone who'll listen to me. Our bacterial flora and its ecology is dependent on us and we depend on our flora. It's clear that our microbiome is different than our grandparents were. 
Because there's more pollutants, more stress, more unprocessed food, more processed food, and less fiber. According to Martin Blazer, who's the chair of the Department of Medicine at NYU, bad eating habits have an impact on our microbiome, and it leaves us, quote-unquote, less likely to be able to metabolize the food we eat. Stripped of fiber and nutrients, many people today get less than 10 grams of fiber a day. The recommendation for women is 25 grams and men is 30 grams. And there's some research that suggests even upwards of 50 grams of fiber a day will not cause harm and can actually be beneficial. We know for sure the problems with stripped processed diets, but we don't know about too much fiber other than the obvious issue of maybe gas that's formed from too much fibrous food. Fiber also adds bulk, and this fullness signal kicks in sooner. And if we are more satisfied with the weight of food, which we are, we end up eating less. Once the bulk of the food is transported through the 30 feet of garden hose, our intestines, it makes the transport easier and more effective through our bowels. It helps form healthy movements by adding weight to the stool. An insoluble fiber is like a brush or a scrubby that helps clean the inside of the intestinal tract. Another analogy is to think of fiber as a street sweeper. In order for the streets to be clean, there's got to be good, strong brushes, good insoluble fiber, and plenty of water to wash away the debris. Insoluble fiber is found in the skin of fruits and vegetables, in the fibrous parts of wheat, corn, legumes. It's found in steel-cut oats and other high-fiber cereals and plants. Having a diet that's rich and diverse with plant species is the best way to deliver the foods that feed your microbiome and keep your system running smoothly. Carrots, nuts, apples, broccoli, and other veggies can help this variety happen too. So serving raw or cooked varieties will help the prebiotic portion, which feeds the probiotic, is important too. And I suggest to my clients to try experimenting with cooking at home. After all, the prevention of gut issues is the best course of action. But if you're reluctant to cook at home or try new foods, my clients say that looking at food as medicine for their microbiome helps motivate them to make better decisions for their health that they wouldn't have when they were just counting calories or trying to follow the next latest diet. Now, the other type of fiber is called soluble Soluble fiber is the gelatin-like source, and it's in oatmeal, in inulin, and fiber supplements like Metamucilin Console. It's jelly-like or glue-like, and it actually binds to cholesterol. Foods are always a better choice than a supplement, but if you are following a low-carbohydrate diet or a keto style of eating, you've got no choice, but you've got to add those supplemental fibers to your diet through some sort of a supplement like Metamucil. If you're interested in reading more about this, I really like The Microbiome Diet by Raphael Kelman. That's K-E-L-L-M-A-N. He and other nutritionists talk about the four R's to gut health, and they are repairing your gut by eating high whole fiber foods, reducing inflammation in the gut, by using things like turmeric and by eliminating high sugar and highly processed food. 
at least for a while. Restore gut integrity by using soluble fibers, which improve those prebiotics using things like garlic and carrots and artichoke and leeks and onions, and then replenishing intestinal balance with healthy fats like nuts and nuts butters, seeds and seed butters. I actually make my own seeded butter by adding different seeds to a jar of almond butter. The last consideration here is the issue of probiotics. Probiotics are really popular now. They've even got them in juice. Probiotics come in the form of fermented food. The key here is food. Fermentation helps our microbiome stay balanced and healthy. And some suggest that there is an absolute link today between being overweight and having an unhealthy biome. Instead of considering another diet, maybe you could do what some of my clients and what I do. Think of the microbiome. Fermentation is super important. This is a great way to feed that healthy bacteria and help that garden flourish. Every culture in the world, interestingly, has their own type of fermentation in their foods. So it's, it's interesting to look at. And some examples would include yogurt and kefir, kombucha, fermented rice beverages, tempa, poi that you'll find in Hawaii, fermented fish, fish sauces, sauerkraut, kimchi, and others. There's a great website that I really encourage you to look at. It's www.usprobioticguide.com before you add a probiotic. I used to often recommend probiotics that are found commonly at any pharmacy or grocery store over the counter, but recent research suggests there are different types of probiotics that are best based on the issue you might be facing. For example, your probiotic choice is going to be different if you're on an antibiotic or if you've had bacterial overgrowth or if you've had food poisoning or if you suffer from gas or bloating, there's going to be a probiotic better for you and this guide could be really helpful for you. As I mentioned earlier, it's important to get the correct and educated medical advice before taking probiotics in general. And remember, always look at your food as the best possible medicine. This concludes our episode today. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you so much for joining us for the Your Own Food Coach podcast. We're all in search of answers, but it might be the questions we need to consider, or maybe we're not asking the right question. If this podcast brought up questions for you, I encourage you to talk to family, friends, a therapist, or in this case, a medical professional, or talk to me. I offer virtual sessions and work alongside people all over the world. Please share this podcast and subscribe, and we welcome your comments. And always, a special thanks to my producer, Brian Strickland, and my brand manager, Malia Smith. Without them, this podcast would not be possible. The information presented on this podcast is for the enjoyment of all listeners. It is not intended as either medical or medical nutrition advice or counseling, nor is it specific to any particular individual. It is not intended to replace counseling, medical nutrition therapy, or treatment. Contact a healthcare professional if you are experiencing problems that seem health-related. Please contact 911 if you are having an emergency.